Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hey, I want to welcome everybody, wherever you're joining us from. It's great to be with you, and uh, if this is your first time tuning in with us, uh, I just want to say a special welcome uh, to you. My name is Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And uh, if you weren't here last week, last week we said uh, we're going to scrap our, our current series, and we're going to go in a, in a different direction. And we're going to talk about a topic uh, that uh, you're probably feeling right now. I know, I know I'm feeling. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about fear. And the question that we're going to focus on as we go through the series is a question that uh, we're all wrestling with. And it's with all that's going on, are we going to live by fear or faith? And uh, last week I said, when we become afraid, we actually have two options, or I actually call them paths that we can take. And uh, the first path is what I call the fear path. And the fear path looks like this. It's we become afraid, which is the natural human response uh, to something like this. And then as a result of that fear, we get sarcastic. We start playing the blame game. And uh, then we start imagining all these worst case scenarios playing out. But then I said there's a second path. And this is a better path. This is the faith path. And here's what the faith path looks like. Uh, We develop a fear not mentality. And then we learn how to stand firm. And then, as a result, we trust God, expecting that God's going to help, expecting that God's going to act. Now, today what I want to do is uh, I want to continue to to dig a little bit deeper into what fear is, and as a result of we talk about what fear is, what does it mean to begin to transition from the fear path to the faith path? Uh, Over the last five years, Chapman University has done just all this research on, on what makes us afraid. And what they've discovered is, is that we are preoccupied with really three different kinds of fear. Uh, one is the fear of the environment. Two is uh, the fear of something bad happening to a loved one. And then the third one is just we, we fear for our financial future, which is kind of interesting. Uh, two out of the three, I, I think we're really wrestling with right now. Now, their, their latest survey uh, showed something else. It, it showed this, that more of us are afraid about something than ever before that in essence we're living in a state of fear now, I, I know what you're thinking you're thinking well of course we are mark you know with all that's going on but this study was done before covid19 now when i say state of fear uh, there is actually a healthy sense of fear you know fear serves like this protective shield uh that whenever we're afraid or, or we're threatened it, it just kind of helps us respond accordingly it's why uh, we lock our doors at night But there's also an unhealthy sense of fear, that fear can actually freeze us. You know, maybe you've heard uh, someone say, well, they were paralyzed by fear. I want you to think about this. Think about some of the fears you struggle with. Uh, Maybe you struggle with the fear of inadequacy or the fear of missing out. Uh, Maybe you struggle with the fear of failure, or maybe you struggle with the fear of just kind of losing control, fear of the unknown. Let me ask you this. What are these fears doing to you? Well, let me tell you what these fears are doing to you. Fear is actually preventing you from experiencing God's purpose 
for your life. Now, when I say God's purpose, I mean living the life that you were created to live. I mean that you were created on purpose for a purpose, and fear is keeping you from that. That fear is actually the number one barrier keeping you from doing what God wants you to do and being what God wants you and who he wants you to be. And here's why. Fear distorts our perspective by making our circumstances everything. When we're afraid, our tendency is to focus all our energy on what is causing that fear. And I tell you right now, with all the 24-7 access and all that stuff, it is really easy to do. But the problem is, is that the more that we focus on whatever is causing our fear, the bigger it gets in our mind. And the bigger it gets in, in our mind, you know what happens? It actually makes us more afraid. And so today what I want to do is I want to take a look at a, a passage in the Bible from, from the Old Testament. And uh, what this passage does, it reminds us of two realities that are at work in our lives. You know, the first reality is what we see. You know, this is the reality of the fears that we face in, in our life, which is really obvious right now. But then there's a second reality. And the second reality is what we don't see. This is the God part. This is the where is God at work and what's he, what, what is he doing in the midst of this. And so here's a little background of, of our passage today. The nation of Israel is going through a really tough stretch uh, as a nation, uh, especially when it comes to one of their neighboring, neighboring nations, uh, the nation of Aram. And uh, during this time, uh, living in Israel is this really well-known prophet, and his name is Elisha. And Elisha is well known because God had done all these miracles through him and everybody's hearing about it and words getting out. And so Elisha is very influential. When he speaks, it's like everybody listens, including the top dog in, in the land, the king. And so here is Elisha's story. Here's how it goes. It says, hey, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. And so the king of, of Aram, he's having a meeting with his officers and, and they're talking about plans in private, but then God would tell Elisha, and then Elisha would tell the king, and then the king would respond accordingly. So it was like he, they were one step ahead of him. So as you can imagine, the king of Aram became very upset over this. And he called his officers together and demanded, Hey, which of you is a traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? And so he's like, who's the mole here? Who, who is the one that's leaking information to the enemy? Well, one of his officers responds. He says, It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers, officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom, go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha is at Dotham. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city, implied in that at any moment, they could squash the city and Elisha. Well, when the servant of the man of God, in other words, Elisha had a servant with him, uh, got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. And here's his response. Oh, sir, what will we do now? 
And so, you know, the servant, he panics. He goes to Elisha and said, hey, listen, we're surrounded. They can get you at any time. And what he's not said, but this is kind of implied, if they get you, they can get me too. And I love Elisha's response. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. And, and the servant had to be like, are, are you living in denial here? We are surrounded. And then he continues, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Elisha could see something that his servant could not see. And then he's, he's going to tell us. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the servant once again goes, I see just fine. We're surrounded. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. This right here, this is what he couldn't see. This was what God was doing in the midst of his circumstances. Now, there are three things that we learn about fear from this passage. Uh, the first thing we learn is just the reality of, of fear. You know, the servant was right. I mean, there was a big army surrounding them that could squash them at, at any moment. You know, every time that, uh, that we, we read uh, fear not or do not fear in the Bible, it's not because there wasn't anything to be afraid of. And so fear not does not mean do not live in reality. I mean, I wish I, I could stand here and I, and I could say, uh, hey, with, with all the job loss and, and lockdowns and, uh, you know, spread of the virus and, and people getting sick and all the uncertainty, I, I wish I could stand up here and say, hey, listen, you don't have anything to be afraid of. I can't do that because I, that would be me living in denial. So when we talk about this whole idea of fear not, this isn't about minimizing our circumstances or your circumstances. This isn't about denying our circumstances. What this is about, it's about broadening our perspective. And, and the next thing we learn about fear will help us broaden our perspective. And that is, there's a reality beyond the fear. This is what we don't see. You know, th this is, when we grab this, this is what will give us a, a different context of our fear. This is knowing that God is at work in the midst of our circumstances. It's why Elisha could say, hey, do not be afraid because what you see is not all there is to see. You know, if you're, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a religious person and you've just been kind of been invited to tune in, uh, what we talk about here, uh, it may be really hard for you to believe. And listen, that, that's okay. But if you are a Christian, here's the thing. We believe that what we see is not all that there is to see. You see, we believe in both a physical and a spiritual world. That we, we believe in a visible world and a invisible world. And we also believe it's that the spiritual actually drives, for the most part, what we experience in the physical. I love what uh, Pastor Tony Evans, he's a pastor down in Texas, I love how, how he describes this, and, and he says it this way. He says, if what you see is all you see, you do not see all there is to be seen. And I, and I understand how, how challenging this is and how difficult this is you know, for, many of us, for many of us to believe, but this is really important that we just kind of get our arms around this. 
You see, because we see all that's going on around us right now. It's, it's like we get up every morning and we're just like greeted with more bad news. I mean, have you noticed that? And uh, we, we get frustrated and we get angry and it's like, well, where is God in all this? And why doesn't he do something to stop it? You see, we got to learn to see beyond our circumstances. In other words, we got to learn to see beyond the physical and we got to learn to see how and where God is at work in the spiritual, even though we may not believe that he is. You know, this is why uh, one of the, the best habits that we can get into when we're going through a really difficult time is to just begin to ask God, all right, God, help me to see beyond what I can see. Help me to see beyond what I can see. You know, wh where are you at work in all this? And, and what are you doing? And what are you trying to accomplish in all this? Because I got to be honest, God, all I see is my circumstances right now. And, and I'm afraid, will you give me a bigger picture of this? You know, why could Elisha say, do not be afraid when they had every reason to be afraid? It's because he could see how and where God was at work in the middle of all the circumstances. And he knew that God was about to do something miraculous. You know, personally, uh, I have been, been wrestling with this uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and I, I've just been asking God, help me see beyond what I can see. Help me to see beyond what I can see. And, I, and as I've been wrestling with this, and if you ask this, it's, it's a wrestling process. It's just not going to happen right away. Uh, I'm starting to see some things. Uh, I'm starting to see some things just personally speaking. You know, one of the things that, that, that I'm starting to see is that uh, I, I, I was someone going into this, I'm thinking, you know, I, I have a high trust level in God that he's going to provide and care for me. Well, as we've been walking through this and we've been seeing, you know, the economy struggle and uh, there's just been a fear that started to just kind of bubble up to the surface for me. And I'm starting to see maybe I don't trust God as much as I think I do. As I look around our church, I, I'm starting to see some things. I'm starting to see that there is a prayer movement that's starting that's really, really powerful. We're actually seeing uh, pockets of people get together for, for, for prayer uh, on, a, on a daily basis, on a regular basis, and they're just humbling themselves. And uh, they're really praying for God to move. I'm also starting to see uh, just people in our church just really rise up and have the courage to just really, really take some steps and serve and love our communities in ways that just, it just blows me away. I'm also starting to see that uh, the things that we were focused on before all this came about are exactly the things that God would want us to focus on. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I did this message about where we're focusing our energies, and we talked about focusing uh, a, a lot of our energy on uh, equipping everyone to invest in your one, uh, you're one as a person in your life who just doesn't know Jesus, and we're going to be there to love and serve and help them to take steps on their faith journey. And another thing was expanding our, our digital footprint and continuing to invest digitally. I'm thinking, man, we are all digital right now, uh, just how important this is. And I'm also seeing local churches come together as never before. Uh, we've always had a heart uh, for, for the local church in, in, in this community. And a couple weeks ago, uh, I sent out this text to a group of pastors and I just said, hey, listen, if, you, if you're open to getting together on a Zoom call and just talking about how we can love and serve our community better, um, I, I, I'm open to it. Well, it was like, bing, 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 bing. I mean, I'm just getting, I, it, my text was just going crazy. I thought, well, all right, let's do this. You know, before you know it, I am leading this Zoom call with 30 people, which I've never led a Zoom call with 30 people, you know, and it was just great to see everybody come together. See, as, as 
horrible as this situation is right now, I'm starting to see beyond uh, what I could see before. I'm seeing that I'm seeing where God is at work. I'm seeing that God is at work in me, and I'm seeing that God is at work in situations around me. You know, if you've if you've never asked this question, I want to I want to challenge you to begin to ask this question. And the question is, what does God want you to see beyond what you can currently see? What God? What might God want to do in you through this? What might God uh, want to do on your behalf through this? What might God be calling you to do as a result of this whole thing? Which then leads me to my third thing about fear. And that's this, to trust in, the re- trust in that reality beyond the fear. Let me give you one of the, the great spiritual truths that uh, I think all of us need to grab a hold of. And that's this. So you don't ever have to fear doing what God wants you to do. You don't ever have to fear being who God wants you to be. You don't ever have to fear following God wherever he wants you to go. You don't ever have to fear serving in the way that he wants you to serve. And you don't ever have to fear giving in the way that God wants you to give. Uh, A couple years ago, there was this article that was written uh, by a commercial uh, airline pilot, and it was all about turbulence. I don't know anyone, honestly, who, who likes turbulence. I'm definitely not one of those guys who likes turbulence. What's funny, when really bad turbulence hits, I have this reaction, and I go like this for some reason. I, I, I reach for the oxygen mask, which I can't get anyways, but for some reason I, I reach for it. And then I reach for the barf bag, as I, as I call it, you know, j- just, just in case. Well, the big point of his article, the big idea was, was this, that turbulence is pretty harmless. You know, we don't like it. But it's, it's generally pretty, pretty harmless. In other words, turbulence is, it can't flip over an airplane and it can't fling an airplane uh, out of the sky. And uh, his point was, is that, you know, an airplane isn't going to crash because of turbulence. And then at the end, he says this, each year worldwide, 100 people are injured due to turbulence and 50 of them are flight attendants. You know what that means? It means only 50 out of the 2 billion people each year that fly are injured because of turbulence. When we follow Jesus and do what he's calling us to do, you know, there's going to be turbulence in our life. It's normal. But it's following him in the, in the face of the fear. It's following him in the face of the tur- turbulence. That's what really matters. Because when we continue to trust him uh, with all the turbulence going on around us, this is the only way that our, our, our faith is fleshed out. And we can do this with confidence. You know why we can do this with confidence? Because we can trust that he is at work in the middle of the turbulence. It's why over and over again, he says, fear not, fear not, fear not. Well, let's go back to our guy, Elisha, because we have yet to hear the, ending, uh, the end of his story. And here's how his story ends. It says, as the Aramean army advanced toward him. Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord, he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha, I love this part. Then Elisha went over and told them, hey, you've come to the wrong, you've come the wrong way. This isn't even the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you are looking for, which I love this. He's kind of the guy they're looking for and he's leading them. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes 
And they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria, which is enemy territory for them. And so now the script had been flipped. It's they are now surrounded uh, by their enemies. And then the king, the king of Israel, this is great. When the king of Israel saw them, I mean, he's, not, he's like a kid in a candy store, you know? He's like, he shouted to Elisha, hey, hey, my father, should I kill him? Can I kill him now? Should I kill him? Should I kill him? And then I lo- here's Elisha's response. Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? And the king was probably thinking, yeah, actually, I have, I'll be honest with you. And he says, hey, here's what I want you to do. Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. And so the king's got to be thinking like, what? You, you, you want me to throw them a party? And then you want me to send my enemies on their way? I don't, I don't know if you know this, Elisha, but here's the thing. If I send them on, on their way, there's a big risk that they might come back again. But here's what the king does. So the king made a great feast. He threw them a big party for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders, they stayed away from the land of Israel. And, and so here's the king. The, the, the king was afraid. I mean, the, the king was afraid. He said, listen, if, if I do it God's way and I just kind of send them away, there's a very good chance they could come back and now they could surround this city. But here's what the king discovered. That even when his circumstances looked about as bad as they could get, that God was at work beyond what he could see. And God had a different way. God had a better way. And this way provided both him and his people peace without shedding an ounce of blood. You know, here's the thing about Elisha's story. The chariots, they were always there. All that was needed was Elisha to pray and in faith believe that beyond Working beyond him was a reality that was way beyond him. And that was God. And you know what? That same thing is true for us. So let me ask you a couple questions. And I I hope you'll you'll write these questions down. I hope you'll wrestle with these questions as as we just go through this this very challenging time together. And here's the first question. Uh, What does God want you to see beyond the fear? And so this, once again, this isn't about denying the fear. This isn't even about like, hey, you, you shouldn't even be afraid because you know, there's all things that we have to be afraid. This is about broadening our perspective. And listen, if we don't go here, we'll continue to focus all our energy on our fear and it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger and we will become more afraid. Listen, what, what might God want to do in your life through this? What might God want to do through you? What might he be calling you to do? Would you be willing to just wrestle with that? And you know, it might be that with all that's going on, you know, you feel surrounded, but he is actually surrounding you. Here's the second question. What does God want you to do? Now, you might be thinking, well, I can't do a whole lot, Mark, because we're not meeting in a physical location and all stuff. Listen, God is beyond and is bigger than a physical location. And the calling is still the same. The calling is to be a light in a very dark world and in very dark times. And we are experiencing some very, very dark times. You know, for some of us, uh, this is going to look like uh, God calling you back to, to keep doing what you were doing because, you know, you've pulled back or pulled away uh, just because, you, you know, you're, you're, you've been afraid. You know, for some, that may be, you know, you reconnect in community. You reconnect with your small group. 
And uh, you just stay around a group of people that are going to just, just build up and continue to build up your faith. It might be that God is calling you to serve and to keep serving. And you may think, well, Mark, how do I do that? I don't know, but let's just get creative with it. Uh, maybe it's investing more in your one, uh, that person, that now you actually have the time and the technology to do so. For some of you, it's financial, that you honor God with your finances before this, but now you know, you're, you're, you're just afraid. Listen, did God provide for you before this? Well, then let me say this, that he is he's big enough to provide for you through this. I want to close with a reminder of just how awesome the reality is beyond what we see. Uh, there's this great story in the Old Testament where, uh, where God is speaking to Moses through a burning bush. And he's speaking to Moses, and he's trying to, to get Moses to go to Egypt, to go speak to Pharaoh, and, uh, and be used by him to release his people from, from centuries of oppression and slavery. But Moses is thinking, you know, I, I'm not the right guy. Bottom line, he's afraid. He's afraid. He sees the reality of, of his circumstances, and here's what he, here's what he sees. It's, it's big, powerful Egypt versus me. And he's having this conversation with God, and they're going back and forth, and Moses finally says, hey, when, when your people ask, what's the name, what's, what's your name? What shall I say to them? And I love how God responds to him. He says this, he says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And the Hebrew word for God here is, is Yahweh or Jehovah. It means I am. I am God. You know, I am the creator and sustainer of life. I am in complete control of the universe. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I am immeasurable. I am all-powerful and all-knowing. I am in everything, and I am in love with you. And I know every single detail of your life. Now, if, if God is I am, what, is this, what does this say about us? What does this say about me? What does this say about you? It means, and what it says is, is that all of us should probably be wearing this little name tag. And on this little name tag, it should say, I am not. I, I am not the center of the universe I am not all-powerful, I am not in control, and I am not holding it together very well. In other words, I am not God. And listen, if that's what you can come to, that's a very good thing because that allows us to turn to I am. And I am is the reality beyond what we see. And I am is bigger than any fear we will ever face in our lives. I want to close with some questions that, uh, that we're probably all wrestling with right now. And let me just give you the answer to these questions up front. The answer is, I am. And so as I read these questions, would you just be willing to say, I am? Who's there to help me when my retirement account has been crushed? I am. Who's going to take care of me and my family while the economy suffers for a while? I am. What if I get COVID-19? Who's going to help me? I am. Who's going to make sure that good eventually prevails over evil? I am. 
Who's going to fill me with hope in this time of despair? I am. Who's going to be my light in the darkness? I am. The world is such a mess. Who's going to fix it? I am. Let's pray. Father, um, there is so much uncertainty, so much swirling on. It seems like every day, uh, it just the, the weight of all this just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And it is so easy just to go down the fear path, God. It's just so easy to live there in the worst case scenarios and all that stuff. Uh, but God, would you give us the courage to choose the different path? And uh, Father, the reality of our fear is, is real. And uh, we don't need to deny that to you. We can take that to you. But God, would you give us eyes to see the reality beyond what we can see? And that's what you're doing and where you're at work and uh, maybe the work you're wanting to do in us and through us and maybe what you're calling us to do and what you want to do as we walk through this. Um, Father, we we admit this is, we don't know where this is going to go and and God, um, we've got a lot of fears because of it. But may we place our trust in the one who is I am, who is greater and bigger and more powerful than any fear uh, that we will ever face. Father, thank you for being I am. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.